Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Para aquellos de ustedes que hablan español y afectados por DACA o conocen a alguien que es, llame a nuestra oficina para una consulta gratis y confidencial. Podemos proporcionarle orientación sobre los pasos que debe tomar ahora, especialmente si su estado de DACA está programado para expirar en los próximos seis meses. Llame a la VALA al 847-705-7555 y solicite una consulta en español. And as you heard, there a very uh, special introduction today as we um, are going to tackle really a, a topic uh, coming directly from today's top headlines. And um, we want to be able to entertain some calls and questions if the opportunity presents itself. And uh, we appreciate Jessica being with us today to uh, help us uh, if we have Spanish-speaking listeners who want to participate as well. We are going to turn our attention to the ever-changing situation with the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA program, DACA. You've seen it frequently in the news recently. Uh, been a flurry of activity in Washington over the last 10 days. In our podcast today, we're going to step back, try and understand the possible implications and various outcomes in the days ahead. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and, and certainly, as you know, not a topic that uh, I can uh, rely on my knowledge on, which is why I'm going to bring in one of our uh, finest contributors to the series here, immigration attorney Vishal Chabria of Lavelle Law, and he's going to help us shed some light on this. So uh, good morning, Vishal. Great to have you with us again. Good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh, having us on. So, uh, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a discussion or a debate without really knowing the essential background of the issue uh, that started it all. So before we begin dissecting what's happened recently, can you take us back a few years and explain the origins of what we today know as, as DACA? Sure. Um, so DACA came about under the Obama administration in the year 2012, uh, after the Obama administration tried to enact a comprehensive immigration reform, which would have um, touched upon a lot of uh, immigration topics involving individuals who are here in various uh, uh, what we call illegal or out-of-status situations. Um, DACA was a compromise, essentially, by the Obama administration that said that the most, uh, the, the most uh, sympathetic group, generally, in, on Capitol Hill, uh, kids, essentially, who came here uh, with, with their parents or other adults uh, who essentially didn't make the choice to come here but were brought over here, those children who are now older and teenagers have the right to get uh, at least work authorization. And uh, deferred action just simply means that the Department of Justice won't consider them a priority for enforcement. And in other words, that means that they wouldn't be deported. And, and just to be clear now, that's not a process by which it's, it was naturally assumed and granted. If I'm correct, there was some sort of an application process. Is, is that how these um, uh, minors were going to be protected? Yeah, so they, they had two applications essentially that went in concurrently. One was like the, the actual DACA application, and the second was a work authorization application. Um, so the, the, if the DACA application was approved, incident to that that they would get work authorization and importantly 
Once they got work authorization, they would then get social security numbers, which would allow them to get driver's licenses and open up bank accounts and things like that. And would that be a temporary or permanent designation if that application was approved? Temporary. It's uh, two years at a time. All right, so let's jump ahead to the current time frame now. Let's kind of walk us through what's happened in, in the last 10 days or so that has caused this issue to, to suddenly resurface, um, you know, very vehemently in many cases. Sure thing. So September 5th, 2017, uh, the Trump administration uh, uh, basically rescinded the DACA program. Uh, you know, the DACA program was enacted by Obama under uh, executive action, not through an act of Congress. So the administration was unilaterally able to rescind that uh, order by the Obama administration. And what that basically meant is there were no new DACA requests that could be filed. So no initial requests for DACA and work authorization uh, after September 5th, uh, 2017. However, so that, there were two that, that, other categories of folks. One were people who had their DACA status expiring before March 5th, 2018, and there were folks who had already submitted a renewal or extension request before September 5th, um, or even an initial request, and those folks still had the ability to possibly get their DACA status and work authorization. Uh, the key point is, if, you're, if your DACA is expiring before March 5th, um, you must uh, file the application for an extension before October 5th of 2017. Okay, now th those are very important groups and distinctions, and I, I want to walk through them each individually to to make sure we understand. So let's let's talk about uh, first of all those those many immigrants who who came here, as you mentioned, under uh, for lack of a better term, illegally. They they were not uh, authorized to enter the country. They're brought in as children, but they've not yet applied for DACA status. So where where does that group sit who um, who are in that that condition of never having applied or received DACA? Yep, so people who are otherwise eligible to file for DACA prior to September uh, 5th, 2017, are now um, no longer uh, able to apply uh, because the program is now uh, is, is closed uh, and shut. So USCIS would just send those applications back to those folks. Those are called initial applicants. Okay. And as you mentioned, another group, potentially those who – had been here for several years, had previously applied and, and had that application approved, but because it's a temporary condition, we're, we're, um, are now facing an expiration deadline and the dates mm -hmm. and, and the yeah, so for those if you If you are someone who has DACA right now, and if your DACA is expiring before March 5th, 2018, um, <clears throat> and you'll know that because you'll look at your work authorization card and there'll be an expiration date on that, if it's before March 5th, 2018, then you must, by October 5th, 2017, apply to renew that so you can get the two more years on it. We're assuming, the immigration bar is assuming that USCIS would continue to grant two-year um, periods of time uh, and not change that particular rule. And so that's just a very important distinction there. We've said that people who have never applied, there's sort of a, a window closed on them at this point. But if, if they have a previous, previously approved application, that it, we anticipate that those can, in fact, be renewed again under the appropriate conditions. 
Absolutely. And then the final category of individuals are people who any time before September 5th had already filed for a renewal, and there's no reason to um, believe that USCIS would not continue to grant those uh, requests under all eligible conditions because they were already filed, and those are just extension requests. Uh, immigration Attorney Vishal Chabria of Lavelle Laws is the guest today on Chicago's Legal Latte. Um, Vishal has been practicing immigration law for a, a number of years and is intimately familiar with uh, with the various processes and requirements associated with with so many of the different uh, immigration issues and, and uh, categories that exist. Today we're focusing on the recent uh, activities surrounding the DACA program. While there may be a number, I'm sure there are a number of online resources related to it, let me also suggest that um, you visit online, lavellelaw.com, find Vishal's profile page, and um, you get a better understanding of his skills and experience. And uh, I think you might want to reach out if you have questions to him at 847-705-7555. Set up a consultation and and maybe get some of your individual questions answered. Um, I've seen the term advanced parole, if I read it correctly, that's been been mentioned. Um, Can you tell us what that is, and is is it a factor here? Yeah, so advanced parole is just, it's another kind of application that you file with USCIS. And if you were someone who had DACA, if you had work authorization incident to DACA, you were able to apply for advanced parole, which would essentially, um, it's like a promise from the government that says, uh, you can leave the country and come back. Um, So this helped people, uh, particularly in a situation where they could apply for some other kind of immigration benefit, perhaps an immigrant visa, but because of the fact that they came here without inspection when they were kids, they were barred from applying for what we call adjustment of status. But if you left the country and came back and you were inspected by a border official, then you could apply for adjustment of status or you know, a green card uh, within the country. So this was a really important tool. Now, as of September 5th, There will be no new or initial applications for advanced parole for DACA recipients. Uh, Unfortunately, also, all pending applications are going to be closed, and the fees associated with that will be refunded to the applicants. Uh, However, if you had already had approved advanced parole prior to September 5th, that will still remain valid, and the immigration bar has no reason to believe that that would not be valid um, for any other reason. So no new applications, pending applications to be closed and fees refunded, but approved applications are all good. Now, I know there's a lot more we could dig into here, but a couple other things I want to touch on, so I'm going to divert us for a minute here and then, uh, again, let people reach out to you directly with specific DACA questions. But I think there's some mixing and matching of terminology taking place right now, too. Um, we hear about the DREAM Act. Is is that the same as DACA? Is it related, or is it just something entirely different? Yeah, so it's related. Uh, about 16 years ago, our Illinois senator, Senator Dick Durbin, introduced what's called the DREAM Act, Um, basically the same types of individuals who are eligible for DACA, those kinds of individuals were being given, um, under this legislation would be given a path towards citizenship. And what that means is they would get a, they would have the ability to apply for conditional resident status, which is uh, different than just having DACA because now you're actually getting a card that says you're here legally. Um, 
and, and generally the thought process is that would be for eight years. After that eight years, you can apply for lawful permanent resident status, so that's a permanent green card. And if you had that for five years, after those five years are up, you could apply for U.S. citizenship. Um, and, you know, barring any other uh, situations, you would most likely be able to get through this process. And uh, that's, that's obviously vastly different than DACA in the sense that it's giving people a path to citizenship. But it's related because it's the same individuals that it's targeting. Uh, it's trying to protect and help the same types of people. But no specific changes necessarily to the, to, to the dreamers, as we call them, in terms of current activity. Um, well, so right now on Capitol Hill, as of today, this morning, there's a lot of talk about whether or not the Trump administration is going to get some bipartisan support to go ahead and pass some version, you know, maybe a Dream Act light version. Uh, granted, I think the uh, Trump administration wants uh, some border security provisions. The current DREAM Act, as reintroduced by uh, Senator Durbin uh, this past summer in 2017, uh, 16, um, uh, actually, I'm sorry, just a few months ago, um, that does not have anything to do with border security, but I believe Congress would be willing, it seems that they'd be willing to uh, put some new provisions in there and at least give protection to the folks who are now not protected, uh, who are otherwise eligible for DACA. So about a minute or so left here. I'm going to kind of throw a couple things at you real quick. Uh, obviously, very fluid situation. People are concerned. This, I assume, is an important time to be making sure you're working with a qualified immigration attorney. And in that case, you and I have talked a lot recently, and you've got a new video coming out, I know, on immigration fraud and immigration scams. How do people who are concerned look for help? What should they be doing right now to protect their interests? Well, the first thing you want to do is make sure you visit uh, USCIS.gov, which is the first primary resource for immigration changes, because that's the immigration, um, uh, that's the immigration department. Uh, you want to make sure that you are aware of the fact that right now there's a really heightened increased potential for immigration fraud schemes. So if anybody has a sign out there on their store saying, we're going to get you work authorization, even though DACA has been rescinded, um, you know, dig deeper. Uh, so be aware of that kind of thing and uh, make sure you visit government websites or talk to qualified immigration attorneys, of course. Well, we've uh, had a conversation with one here today. I wish we could spend more time and dig a little deeper with Michelle Chabria, but uh, time is up. Uh, point you back to lavellelaw.com, 847-705-7555 to get your specific question answered. Thanks to Michelle for being here. And we certainly listen to, uh, look forward to having more conversations with him in the near future.